This is a West Gippsland Week podcast. Band, and we're going up now to the purple hills of Merbu North. Now we're pleased to be joined by Mark Thomas from the campaign to, I guess, save, protect Merbu North State Forest. Uh, thanks for your time, Mark. No problem. Now, thanks, Paul. This group's for been you. working on this for some time. Yeah. Years. Our campaign was three years, but uh, since then we've kept working tying up loose ends so it's actually turned into four years and who knows how much longer <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so the current state of play it, it's a state forest due for logging or, or the current state of play is that it, it is state forest that was due for logging but in the meantime because of our research and uh, the work we've done within the forest the minister is declared the logging coops to be an immediate protection area so that was a ministerial uh, decision that would stop logging immediately should it happen and now we're working on getting those IPAs and surrounding land um, elevated to a higher status so that they actually become a nature conservation reserve or something similar. Why is this particular area of forest, do you think, important? Well, I think for a start, it's it's a key part of the Streslecki Ranges bioregion. The bioregion, historically, it's, it's suffered massive clearing for agriculture and also clearing for plantations. So we've got this, um, you know, and, and it's because we're in the vicinity of the um, paper mill in Maryvale, so every little bit of timber you can get, whether it be plantation or native timber, yes. So this is only a small area, but it's a vital area. It's a really critical habitat, and, um, you know, it really needs preserving. So the, the, at, at one end of the Streslekis, I guess we've got the Tarabulga National Park. Yep. At the other end, there's um, Mount Worth State Park. That's right. Um, why is this bit in the middle so significant with those two samples, if you like? Because it's, it seems to be almost completely cut off. We're surrounded by that agricultural land and those plantations. So we've got this little condensed island of forest in which we have really critical habitat for threatened species as well as the iconic species of course yeah so what are some of those species that you've you've identified over the time so our major survey was for the greater glider and we actually we'd never ever seen a greater glider here before but once we did the nocturnal surveys we found a really quite significant healthy population of greater gliders and of course greater gliders need that fairly dense habitat the um, uh, the canopies need to be close together because they they don't walk around the forest they actually glide so that was critical that and because there isn't 
continuous forest as there should be. So there's no way if this forest gets logged, there's nowhere for these creatures to go, really. Yeah, and so we also had um, world burrowing crayfish, lace monitor, and of course the greater glider. Yeah, the greater glider is food for the uh, powerful owl. So we, you know, we need that ecosystem to stay in balance. It, it is state forest, and as you say, there's been a lot of logging around this area. Um, the, the timber industry has put to me that, that it's always been available for plantation, so this is kind of not something new, and, and basically this is part of a what they see as a, a kind of conspiracy, if you like, of Greens to um, shift the goalposts continually. Well, it's interesting that you should say that, Paul, because we've discovered in our research around the water catchments, because uh, we've got to remember that this logging was to take place in our water catchment, and it seems that um, historically that land, the land use determination for quite some years back was that most of that forest be retained um, as native forest and wasn't available for logging but in consequent years this has somehow devolved <laughs> we're not quite sure why but somehow devolved into now being a, um, a special management area which is available for logging so it's part of the Mubu North water catchment yeah the whole area is within all where the logging coops were is um is all part of the water catchment for Mubu North and we have no other water supply and of course we've got Little Morwell River that runs straight through the logging coops or one of the coops um, or below one of the former coops and of course you know if any logging takes place you get turbidity and you know the potable water won't be as good and we'll get less water so this was a really critical element in our campaign. So you mentioned in your report uh, the socio-economic benefits, how do you categorise those? The way we went about it we were in touch with um, the South Gippsland Shire Council Department of uh, Economic Development and we were guided by them on how to undertake a survey because we wanted to determine the value in dollar terms as much as we could what these forests meant to our tourism industry. Now we knew of course that there were lots of businesses all dependent on or we felt would be dependent to a certain extent on tourism forests being the main one of the main draw cards of this area and it certainly is a driver of our economy so we did an anonymous survey we we surveyed over 40 businesses and also over I think over 400 visitors no 560 locals and visitors and over 300 about 400 people responded most regarded logging, the, the possibility of logging as having a, a severe impact on uh, recreation, the visual amenity and well-being. Now as far as business was concerned I think there was an estimate of 1.8 million 
decline per annum in the Merbu North economy with a possible loss of nine jobs. So the district as a whole could be hit with a 15% loss in revenue. So that was quite substantial, we thought, and a good reason not to log, as we have no logging industry here. We've got no jobs dependent on the logging industry here. And so we thought, well, you know, we don't deserve this hit to our tourism trade. I've recently talked with Gary Blackwood, who you may know of, of course, um, and he said one of the problems is that if the other areas weren't tied up in court cases and everything, the logging industry wouldn't even be looking at an area like this. It would not be of significance to them. Um, do you have a response to that sort of idea? Yes, well, I think the, the court cases are brought upon by Vic Forrest's um, yeah, desperately wanting every shred of timber they can lay their hands on. And in a lot of cases, and I guess I can't really comment because I don't know the ins and outs of it, but seem to be breaching various codes. Now, once again, our proximity here in Merby North to the, the paper mill is, is the de, uh, sort of... De, the deciding factor in why we're getting logged. It's got nothing to do with court cases here and there and everywhere. Our forests have been on the books here since 2014, so Gary Blackwood, I think, is spinning a tail there. The other thing I suppose that the timber industry would say is, um, you're right, they are desperate for, for every stick of wood because they are running out of an industry. The, the industry is running out of timber. Do you have any feel for that? Not for our little forests, no. I don't, I don't feel that the amount of timber that would be uh, removed from here would not make a big dent in their supply, that's for sure, whereas it would make a huge dent in that critical habitat. It would be very destructive, even if you're talking about um, you know, uh, thinning of the forest, which we've been through all the options and none of none of them are suitable for our little piece of paradise, I suppose. So what's the next steps? You've, you've produced this report. That's going to whom? So it's going to everybody, but especially government departments. Now, at the moment, of course, uh, since the announcement of the IPAs, the immediate protection areas, uh, the government has now instituted a, uh, a study to determine what status the IPAs should have, what kind of reserve, what can be done within that reserve. And we're hoping, or we're pretty confident, that our findings and research will have a bearing on that study so yeah and uh, in spite of the the title i understand that immediate protection areas in some cases could still be logged once at least and then well because an immediate protection area of course doesn't change the zoning of that forest so we've, we've still got them all as officially then as general management zones and general management zones are subject to logging so, um, yeah, we're hoping ours will be protected so that that won't happen here. 
Okay, thanks very much for your time. It's been most enlightening and uh, I'm sure we'll stay in touch as things develop. Good, thanks, Paul. Mark Thomas from the Preserve Our Forest Steering Committee. And if you wanted to follow that uh, report up in detail, you can find it at vnpa.org.au forward slash Merbu North Forests with a dash in between each of those words. But if you go to vnpa.org.au and you type in Merbu or Merbu North uh, in their search, you should find it pretty easily. You're listening to West Gippsland Week here on 103.13 WBR FM, your community station in West Gippsland. This is a West Gippsland Week podcast.